0: Most of us are very familiar with the idea, as you go through life, that things happen to you, and as they happen, we tend to respond as if it's a here and a now kind of moment. It's just now, it's just this thing, that happened at work, and it's just in that kind of a moment. And today, I wanted to, uh, to tell you the truth about the way the world works. You probably already know this, but sometimes we forget. And so we're going to do a couple of weeks of what we're calling glimpses. And glimpses, what we're going to, what we're going to be talking about is sensing the supernatural. So we, we normally live in, in, in a taste, touch, see, smell, hear kind of a world. That's the way we respond. We see that and we respond to it. And we, we, we're content with that. That has been the scientific method and we're, we're very familiar with this idea that we, we analyze, we observe, and we, we make conclusions. That is what we've been trained in. There was a, there was a time in life when that was the, the, the way that uh, everything seemed to come to us. And we call that age the modern age, where it became all about enlightenment and, and logic and, and rational thought. And we would, we would use our, our minds to simply analyze, and if we could analyze it, then we would define what is true and what is real and how those things come about. But as we normally do when we're people, we always travel, it seems, from, from one extreme through the middle to another extreme, and, and the extreme that we have traveled through with the modernity is to, to sort of deny that there's something that is metaphysical, that it is beyond uh, sight. It is not, uh, it's not just explainable because of science, and there's moments of these come up, and we always seem to make those things exceptions. It's okay. You can't really describe love, and if you do describe love chemically, it's just really not all that nice. You go, that's not what I was experiencing, right? It's not just a matter of endorphins or adrenaline or something like that. There is something that happened. The way I perceive life is different than what it was before, and if you can remember back, maybe it's a long time ago for some of you, and maybe it's, maybe it's much more recent, that feeling of being Twitterpated. You know, when the, when the stomach kind of flip-flops a little bit when, when she comes into the room when he said, that, Did you see what he said to me, and we get those feelings, and it's more than just a person. It's, it's more than just nothing. There's something there, and there's something going on that's not immediately accessible, and we live in a world that is described as spiritual, and sometimes we think that it is, it is physical and or it is Spiritual. And these things are very, very separate. They don't overlap. And I suggest to you that the reality is that we live in the physical and the spiritual at all times. We just don't always sense it. But that's when we come to the thing that I'd like to call a thin spot. A thin spot is when the veil or the line that seems to separate the physical from the spiritual becomes thin. And we have a sense that there's something more there. Not completely rational, not completely scientific. Can't quantify it. I can't tell you what percentage or what. It's just there. And maybe you've had this moment when you've um, been at, at, at a church service. It's not every week by any means, but there was that one week when everything just seemed to come and the message was for you and God was speaking for you and your heart was changed and you said, enough. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to choose to trust Jesus, and and, and your your life is transformed in that moment, and and church is just not always like that, but there was that day, or maybe there was that time, and um, quite often people experience that thin spot kind of in in a musical way, The music just touches, but you know what? Sometimes that's just emotional, and it just feels good because you like the music, and it, it it was there, and it swelled your heart, and um, sensing God doesn't mean that you started crying, but sometimes that's what happens, and there was a thin spot. Or you, you've, been, you've been in a, in a moment where it, it just seemed that everything aligned, and you, you couldn't believe it, that this person that you've never had contact with, you said that thing that you were waiting for them to say, and, and, and then you, were, you responded, and the way you responded was so not like you. You were kind you were thoughtful, you were insightful, and you responded in a way that was more than you. And you say, wow, I think God really intervened in that moment, and there was something about that. There are times that maybe you've been around where something not easily explainable happens, and I can tell you there's times when I've been asked to pray for people who are sick, and you think, okay, well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to use my human words because that's the only kind I've got and I'm going to try to say something that, that matters and, and I'm going to ask that God would speak through me and, and, and I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to pray in accordance with the will of God and then something unexplainable happens. I'm not sure if you've ever had your, your, your hand in a place like that, but I can tell you more than once that I've been praying for someone and I get a warm sensation in my hand and it leaves my hand and you can't see anything there's no lights there's no flashing and somehow something that i don't think was mine got transferred for me to somebody else and something happens i've told you before about my experience when i was filled with the holy spirit if you can remember that when i was at bible school there was a wave that came over me that was such a mix of a strong emotion, deep sense of love, but um, a vibration that came to my, my hands that spread throughout my body and, and I was left shaking for hours. It, it wasn't what I asked for. It's not what I wanted. In fact, you know, since then, I've quite often had to try and stop those things from happening because I feel embarrassed in my physical world. We have these spots, these moments when we can understand where we perceive there is more. And so I wanted to remind you that there is more. But the more is not always the more that makes you feel at peace. The more is not always more that makes you feel love. The the more that happens is not always a more that makes you feel kind there's a more that can happen sometimes, or so we impact the spiritual world where we sense something very other than that. We don't sense love, we sense fear. Where we don't sense peace, we sense turmoil, chaos, anxiety. We come across uh, moments. When there are spiritual happenings in our our culture, we like to choose to to view them as entertainment, that you can go and you can watch a movie that has spooky scenes in it, that they try to lower the lights and make it seem like there's something there to be afraid of. And we live in a spiritual world, but the Spirit is not always kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, love, self-control, and perseverance. Those are the fruit of the Spirit of God. But we get to a place sometimes where we get to experience another side of spirituality, where there is darkness, where there is fear, where there is oppression, where there is illness, where there is um, uh, anxiety. And so I wanted to take you to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, a very famous passage. I'm I'm sure many of you have heard that before. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Uh, You can follow along with me on the screens here. Finally, He's been talking for a while. This is Ephesians chapter 6. So there's Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 5 before this. So he's come to this place. Based on all of these things that I've already been talking to you about, what it's like to live in this world and, and how we interact with the Spirit and how the Spirit works in us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So a great way to start there is that we don't come to a God who is weak. Once again, we're reminded that our God is strong Strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. And so Paul decides here, he's gonna try and give us a visual picture, an image that we can use to understand something that doesn't work physically. Like spiritual stuff's really hard to describe because the only language we can use to describe spiritual stuff is physical stuff. So it's the wrong words. The words don't ever fit because it's the wrong stuff. So he says, Let me try and give you a picture of what it is that you need to do. So put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So for me, I like this. I emphasize this every time I read it to myself. It's the word stand. Watch how many times the word stand is going to come up here. Um, So you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggles, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We have a way of viewing, again, everything as a physical kind of thing. When that guy is mean to you, we think of it always as that guy is mean to you. But there is something more that goes on in that. And I'm not saying you should watch out for a demon under everything. That's not it at all. But there is a spiritual battle that needs to be fought in a spiritual way. But we tend to respond to spiritual problems by trying to have a physical solution. And it doesn't work as well that way as well. So in the in next couple of months, we're, we're going to have another series where we're going to look at the weapons of um, the world. When we are, we are reminded and admonished that we don't fight with the weapons of the world, but with the weapons of the spirit. What is, what is a spiritual weapon? How do we actually do that? What is it we're trying to achieve? So we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world. That doesn't mean you're political leaders. Okay, so when it describes the authorities there, we're not talking about the mayor or the, or the, the premier or, or the uh, prime minister. Those are not the things, these are spiritual levels of ownership in the different lands that we are in. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the heavenly realm sort of describes just the, the spiritual world that exists at the same time. Again, for the most part, we live as if it doesn't exist, yet it's always there, but then there are thin spots, and a thin spot shows up, and we can see more than we would at other times. Therefore, again, based on the fact that we have this issue, therefore, because we are at battle in a spiritual world, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when, not if, when, The day of evil comes. You may be able to, again, stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Now, the reason that the stand word means so much to me is that sometimes we get the idea that what we need to do is run forth and go out, right? I need to go find a bad spirit and I need to take care of the bad spirit. I gotta go attack. I've gotta go be aggressive. But our calling is to stand. It's to be found faithful. It's to be found obedient. Not to be necessarily chasing down, but we are called to stand, to be firm, to be steadfast in this place. After, uh, Therefore, you put on the full armor of God so that when that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, after everything has come, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The shield of faith has been one of the best images that for me I like to carry. When my knowledge of God is minimal, when my relationship with God has waned, my shield of faith changes size. That's the way I like to think of it. So when, 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 when I'm in this situation and my my, my distance from God has increased. I have a shield. It's always there, but the, the shield is less effective. It's less substantial. And as my faith grows, as my knowledge grows, as my, my trust grows, as my, my, my general relationship with God increases, this shield of faith increases in size. And so it's easier to block. It's less effort. You, we all know what it's like. There's, there's some things that, that are not a challenge for you, and they're, they're easily blocked. There's other things that are more your challenge, and they're more difficult. To block, But the shield of faith is a beautiful picture that Paul gave us to, to, to describe what is going on, that we have something that we can move into place to impact the spiritual contact that we're going to have. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. I love the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. That is to say that there would be something that's coming at you. There's a temptation. There's a distraction. Oh, distraction's a big one. It's, it's not just a full-on attack, right? It's just the inability to focus on where you are. These things just keep coming. Those attacks that come, that seems like there's too much right now, and they just keep coming. The shield of faith is how we extinguish those flaming darts, those temptations, those distractions, those fears that come before us. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we're called to know The Word of God so that we can be um, able to wield it. It's the only offensive weapon we are given so we we don't go chasing after evil. We are called to stand, to be ready, to be found faithful, to be steadfast in the conflict that we're going to have. But the sword of the Spirit is the way that we can battle back. And so if you don't know the Word of God, if that is something that is, is still unfamiliar to you, your ability to use your sword is limited. And so what I'll find is that once you've learned to memorize some sort of Scripture, that those verses, even if you memorize them when you're six years old, can come back. They they, they can be brought to you and you'll go, how did I remember that? I don't remember what I ate yesterday, but I can remember that verse that I learned when I was eight years old. And they can come back when you need them and and they, they can come into your mind and you can use those verses, that truth, to once again grow your shield of faith, but also to battle what's around you. Take the helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all kinds of occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with, the, with this in mind. Be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So the, the be alert part is going again with the stand firm. As you stand firm... Be aware. Watch for what might come. Watch for that which might um, attack, distract, or cause fear. But then the, the beautiful thing that reminds us that we are in a community and the relationship is so essential that we have with each other that part of Paul's description of how we battle in the spiritual world is that we would keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We we are really good at thinking that it's usually about us. Let's be honest, it's always about me. I mean, you're important. I'm not saying you're not important, but it is about me. Tell me a little bit more about me. What do you think about me? We focus on the me part. And so even when we pray, oh God, help me, help me, uh, provide for me, protect me, bless me, 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 and this way of thinking isn't the full way of spiritual battle. Praying for others is part of the way that you can protect yourself. It's part of the connection. It's the way we were built. We were built to be in relationship to God and to each other. That's what Into One has always been about. That's what we've tried to emphasize, that we are being drawn together into one, that we might live out the great commandment. And the great commandment was that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that... We would love our neighbor as ourselves. It's not, you can't just have a good relationship with God. A good relationship with God is necessitated by a good relationship with others around us. So this praying for other people is is a key part. And as you are finding yourself distracted, putting your mind onto someone else is a really good way to lower your own temperatures, to bring your own tensions back down. So pray, Also, this is Paul in here. So he's letting you know, I'm not above this, right? So he pray, says, Pray also for me, because man, do I ever need it. That whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. He's writing this from prison to the people in the city of Ephesus. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should kind of tells you something about how Paul's feeling, right? Fearlessly as I should, not fearlessly as I always do. He battles with it too. He understands that for him to go where he needs to go, he needs the support of someone else. And I'll tell you quite clearly, I need the support of someone else to do what I do. It, 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 is, it is a difficult place to stand and there are eyes that watch and there are eyes that are always watching to find a failure, to find a problem, to expose that to say the whole thing that you guys talk about is just a bunch of... St- Look at how he failed again. So I'll ask for you. Pray for me that I would be able to declare and to live the gospel as I should, fearlessly. And then I will continue to pray for you that you will grow in your fearlessness, that you would be able to in the same way, release the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ from the way that you live, the way that you can inspire people around you. Um, so as we started to talk about this, there, there became, um, there's, there's a sort of theoretical sign to spirituality and to the spiritual world. And we, we can talk about the theoretical for a while, but I thought, you know, one, one of the things that I think helps people to connect and to understand things better is to have tangible, um, somebody else's experience. And so um, we were talking before and and, and, uh, uh, there's a couple of people who have stories that we're going to share, but but today I want to ask uh, Dan, Dan Murphy to come up. We've been talking and he told me about this one experience that he had and I think it will be very enlightening for you to hear how an average guy experienced this and what he did with it. So go ahead, Dan. Oh, I should give you this.
1: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, all right. So I want to talk about darkness and light and uh, experience that I had this spring that was really unlike anything I have ever experienced before. So uh, I wanted to write it down. I talked to Graham the day after it happened, the next morning, actually, And um, he was instrumental in terms of guiding my understanding of it. And uh, I want to kind of share it with you now. And I want to preface this with this is the kind of thing that I had heard a few stories about people experiencing. Quite frankly, I was, you know, a little skeptical when people would share these things with me, not questioning God's truth in it but just not having experienced it. But I want to start off, and uh, I I wrote this out so I will be reading. Um, Just because I didn't want to forget about this experience, so within a a couple of days of it happening, I, I kind of wrote everything down. But I want to start with saying that God loves you deeply. He wants you to know him intimately, and he will come into your life in order to make that happen. Um, sometimes whether you're seeking him in that or not, Um, and in the most physical and unimaginable ways. So on Wednesday, April 24th of this year, uh, my wife Kristen and I went to bed that night like any other night, and at some point uh, in the night, I'm not sure exactly what time, uh, I was woken up, and I became keenly aware of a dark, dark, Oppressive presence in our bedroom Uh, I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, I closed my eyes. It didn't go away. I couldn't get back to sleep and it actually persisted and uh, then in a state of kind of half consciousness um, I just in my mind started praying and trying to speak truth about who Jesus is um, saying you're my sanctifier you're my healer, my redeemer. You're my protector. Um, in the name of Jesus Christ, let this dark presence leave um, leave this space and, and leave our home. Um, and it wasn't dissipating, the sense that I had. So I opened my eyes, and as certain as I am that all of you are sitting here in front of me today, there was a shadowy figure standing directly beside our bed. And... he was there, I had the sense that he was there for me. Um, I know this because my wife wasn't woken up by this, or having the same sense, but she was stirred at some point in the night. Um, I was telling her about it the next morning, and she said, that's so strange because I had stirred in the middle of the night, I turned over, she said this to me, I opened my eyes, And she sensed a darkness on my side of the bed. And that freaked me out even more, because as sure as I was that i had had this experience, I had someone that was in the room with me verifying this to me. Um, I didn't really know what to do with that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, So again, I'd opened my eyes. I see this dark, shadowy figure. I close my eyes again, and I begin to feel overwhelmed. My test was my chest was tightening uh, and I started speaking out loud the same truths that I had been going through in my head initially. Uh, And then I started to feel another presence. As I had my eyes closed, there was this like pinprick light uh, that started growing like in the back of my eyes. I could see it and the brightness just started growing as I continued to speak these uh, these words, these truths. Um, It grew and grew and grew until it had this warmth, And I continued to speak Jesus' name. It grew even larger and brighter until it was really blinding and all-encompassing around me. Um, And it cast out that dark presence from our home. After that, it took me a while to get back to sleep, but I got up the next morning. I told Kristen about it. Uh, I called Graham a few hours later as I was driving to work um, to talk about it as well just because it, it was so... Just out of the realm of my experience, I had never been touched by um, the spiritual world in that way, and I can tell you certainly before this, uh, I've been I would have been skeptical and, and have been skeptical about anybody that really shared this kind of story, and I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe it's just because I had no reference point personally for this kind of thing, but um, if there was really ever any chance of me losing my faith in this lifetime, it disappeared that night. Um, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that not only does God exist, but that Jesus is his son, he died for us on the cross, and he still protects us today. I believe that this dark presence had targeted me because I hadn't been listening to God's prompting in my life. I had not been sorting my priorities and arranging my life to focus uh, on my family and the ministry that God had called me to. And with our family growing, the stresses of a new baby, uh, starting a new job, I think that Satan saw that opportunity to gain a foothold, and the less I obeyed God's prompting in my life to scale back, to uh, eliminate certain things that were distractions, to say no to certain things or not right now. Um, the more present that that darkness uh, started to become. And it finally tried to invade our home that night. And Jesus intervened. Um, And through that, I've learned that we just need to obey and listen. That when we sense God prompting us to do something or not to do something, to scale back, to focus on our family, to give up something that we might enjoy to prioritize other things, um that would be honoring to him, that we need to obey. We don't need to ask questions. We don't need to wait and see. Uh, We need to listen and follow. And from that, we can rest in the fact that he takes care of us. He has a plan for us, that he's made promises to us that don't fail. And when we obey and listen and follow, it gives Jesus the opportunity to show that his love doesn't fail. It builds our faith, our trust, To take those steps in obedience. So I want to leave you with that, that truly, as we were singing earlier, his love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on us. It overwhelms and satisfies our souls. So know that God is real. Jesus came to earth that we might know him. So don't be afraid because the light overcomes the darkness.
0: Stories like that, um, I don't know, they get my attention. I, I can assure you that when you experience the story, your ability to feel the story is different. And I'm sure that even as Dan was going to tell the story again, that there was a rise in emotion as the memory comes back. I asked him to write it down as soon as he could because one of the things that we have experienced with spiritual, whether it's positive or negative spiritual experiences, is that they fade and they fade incredibly quickly so that you will ask yourself later, did that ever happen? Did, did I just imagine the whole thing? And one way that you can identify some kind of tension that you're in, as Paul asked for people to pray for him, that he would be able to proclaim the gospel fearlessly, what he was asking for is the quality of relationship. The Spirit of God brings together, it unifies, it unites, it builds relationship. Well, if you're in a negative spiritual kind of environment or a negative spiritual presence, what you will find is a move towards isolation. It moves you out of relationship. It breaks relationship. It severs. It it splinters. And it pulls you away from people. It pulls you away so that you feel like I'm all alone. No one else is around me. I am fading out. That's the kind of experience that you get. You can use that as a way to try and identify Spirit of God brings unity, brings together, builds relationship, brings community. The spirit of antichrist, the spirit of darkness will break apart relationship. It will separate and make you feel like they're not there even if they are. Even when you're lying beside someone, you can sort of sense that I am the only one in this room. I'm the only one who's there. I feel alone. I feel held back and held down. It's a great way to be able to identify what's sort of happening around you. And once you identify that, then you can take a step that says, how would I counteract? I'm going to counteract that by looking for relationship. I'm going to try and connect with God intentionally, but I'm going to try to connect with somebody else that can help to pull me back as well. It's uh, remarkable how much of a difference somebody else can make in that kind of a moment, you're not alone. Don't allow yourself to feel like you're own, alone. Now, when we describe this, there's quite often so much that happens out of our vision, behind the scenes, we can't identify it. So I found this, this video, and it's, a, it's a poor quality. I'm going to just tell you that in advance, and so I'm going to apologize for that. But I have never ceased... To watch this and not be moved by it. I think it's a description of what goes on and maybe you'll see part of your life in it. I know I see part of my life in it. It's not the whole story, but it's certainly part of the story. It's a, vis- a, a, a dramatization. It's, it's um, well, why don't you just watch it and then you can see it. Phil, you can see yourself in part of that story and it's just a dramatization. It's not Completely accurate, I'm sure, in every way. But every single time. When I see the representation of my Savior pulling pulling me choosing me fighting for me. It just reminds me that forgiveness is not something that we can ever take for granted. And that distraction and despair and darkness is not something that we can simply ignore. That there's something there that is not just physical. It is not just observable in a taste, touch, smell, sight, sound kind of way. There is more to this world, and um, as we get ready to depart today, I, I didn't want to leave you in 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 a down place. I wanted to do exactly what what Dan so masterfully did at the end. He he told you a story, and he made sure that he 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 um, surrounded it with truth, so that we don't get left in a place of despair and fear and worry. But we are refocused on truth and the truth of Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to take another passage from Ephesians that Paul is using to, uh, to describe what's going on in the world. And this reveals a little bit about Jesus. So it's in Ephesians chapter 1. For this reason, and he's gone on again about what happened and who Jesus is. For this reason, ever since I heard about you, he's talking to the people in Ephesus um, about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Again, there's this idea of relationship and coming together. And one of the most powerful ways to deal with darkness is to be filled with gratefulness. Gratefulness is one of the ways that we say no to despair. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him Better That is our goal. That is what the shield of faith looks like. It's knowing God better. The better you know Him, the larger your faith can be. The easier it is to withstand the temptations and distractions that come up. And He says that, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is the same as the mighty strength that He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion that every name that is invoked and only Not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And then God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That is very conclusive, that is very overarching, that is very all-encompassing, this is the God that we serve. This is His Son, Jesus, who has been given that position, that place, and that power. This is who we are in association with. This is our relationship. This is the God that we serve. And so we can experience darkness, but we need not be overwhelmed by it. And we, uh, the, the vis- That visual representation of Christ fighting and defeating those things reminds us that nothing holds Him back. Incomparably great power. Incomparably great power. The same power that he used to raise Christ from the dead is available to you as well. You do not stand alone. You need not stand afraid. And you need not keep this to yourself. There is something that we know that there's a, there's a spiritual awakening that's happening again in our culture and the awakening is an openness to spiritual things, maybe not to the way that they heard about it, maybe not to what somebody else described. And, but if you look at the, the programs that are getting made, the movies that are being made, there is an openness to spirituality. Someone needs to tell people, once again, that our faith is not simply logical and rational, that there is a spiritual component that is super. Natural, beyond the natural, that our God intervenes and He transforms and He releases. And we are not scared of the spiritual. We welcome it. This is the world that we were called to be in. So for you, may you feel that freedom. May you be reminded again that your God, the creator of the universe, has drawn you pulled you into relationship. And he's asking for more of you, but he's looking to draw you into relationship with other people as well, that you might also have an impact on them and not simply wait for them to have an impact on you. There is no point at which you are so junior that you can't have a positive impact on someone no matter how senior they are in this plan. It doesn't matter if you're 15 minutes into the walk or 55 years into the walk. We all have the ability to impact others for good and for bad. So I would encourage you to be about that. Use what you've been given to bless somebody else. Whether they attend this church or another church. or Whether they have no interest in church whatsoever. They still need relationship. And the relationship that's empowered by the Spirit of God transforms lives. And that's what we're asking for you to be a part of. That's the mission that we would like for you to be a part of. Our primary goal is not to get them to come to our building. Our primary goal is to get them to grow closer in their relationship with Jesus. And we partner together with the other churches that are in the area to be about that. And if we can help, sure, bring them here. Sure, send them a podcast. Sure, send them some of the other stuff, but the idea is that you would be in right relationship with them. That you would be the light that they've already seen they want a little bit more of. And together we work on that on our mission. So let me pray a blessing for you. And then we'll close. Kind Father, I thank you again for the way that you have worked mysteriously and wonderfully and intentionally about coming after us. Not simply letting us have our own way, but you will always be there to reach out. No matter what we've put in front of you, before you, distracted us from you, no matter what those things are, you can overcome. And in that, I'm always drawn to my weaknesses where I see this is what I have done, this is how I have failed, this is what I have put in front of you, and I'm so thankful for the forgiveness that I have been granted. I'm so thankful for the choice that you made to die for me, but not just for me, for my friends that are here today, for my friends that aren't here yet. You counted us valuable enough that you risked and gave your life that we might have right relationship with you. That's a message that I just can't keep to myself. God, I pray that you would continue to give me words to speak in a way that other people can hear, not just so I can spout off God's stuff, but that I could bring it into a language that people could understand. So I pray that you would continue to help me to see things as you see them so that I can do as you say, because when I don't see things as you see them, it makes it really hard to do what you say. And I pray that today, once again, that you would speak to me, that you might later on speak through me. Make a difference in my world, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.